This episode is brought to you by my newest online course hosted by Jewish Workshops from Purpose to Profit. This six-week online course will take you from your initial idea to crafting your first offer and putting it in the market. Yes, you could actually have an offer out to the market in that short amount of time. Let me walk you through the steps so that you can design and start building a business that feels genuine, natural, and purposeful because it is fully aligned with who you are and start making money at it. But hurry, the doors are open until Monday. So head over to yaeltrush.com forward slash profit to sign up and let's get that business and you shining out in the world. Yaeltrush.com forward slash profit. Jewish Money Matters episode 334, being in a loving relationship with God and with money with entrepreneur and fashion icon Joyce Azria. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth, to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. Growing up in the way that I did, you know, to see my father, he has a very big gambler's mindset, you know, so he would hit, 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 hit big. And then, you know, he would tell me sometimes he's like, you know, Joyce, the trick with money is I'm very happy with a can of tuna. Mm. And I would say, what does that mean? He'd say, nobody can ever manipulate me with money. Nobody can ever do anything because the fear in, 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 in and why people are get, get manipulated by money is because they're scared to be poor. He's like, wow. I'm not scared. I don't need the money. I'm happy with a can of tuna. I'm happy with somebody I love. A very, very simple mindset. And so I think when you eradicate this fear, mm-hmm. so right. what, is le- what is left is bravery and courage. And then if you have the dimension of a shem in your life, then you say, wait, I'm unstoppable. Right. I'm really unstoppable. Unstoppable. Who is saying yes to that? And by the way, unstoppable she is. You just heard it, my friends, from fashion icon, entrepreneur, Joyce Azria herself. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. Yes, the lovely Joyce Azria, daughter of fashion mogul Max Azria of BCBG fame, is with us today. Buckle up because I'm about to share an interview with someone who really gets what our relationship with money is like and what it's all about. She's seen and lived with a ton of wealth and also with a ton of fear of losing it because, well, she's also known what it's like to not be able to make payroll or not pay rent on time, lose a lot of money, make a lot, fail at businesses and win. As the oldest child of Mr. Max Azria, plus the only one of his children who ever worked inside his fashion empire for an extended period of time, Joyce was privy to experiences with money that most young children and teens do not have. What was the result in terms of her her money story? What were the parts of the story that she decided to rewrite later in adulthood and which did she decide to keep? The role of Bitachon, exclusive reliance in Hashem, in our business and financial life. Why is looking at our relationship with money so vital to our personal growth and success? This and so much more with the lovely, beautiful Joyce Azria.
Joyce Azria. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. How are you? It's so good to have you on the show. Thank God. I'm doing good. Baruch Hashem. I'm so happy. There's a lot of backstory to us getting to know each other today and you coming on the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you know the full backstory, but I'm going to start with one piece that I don't know that you're aware of. Many years ago, I started this show. Um, I've been podcasting for almost seven years. So 2016, I conceived of this show. It was called Jewish Latin Princess. I used to interview the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and how they were transforming the world. And you were in that spreadsheet, that original spreadsheet that I built up. And I said, <laughs> I'm interviewing Joyce Azria. And I remember Aww. even trying to send emails and telling you the story about China and how I, how I was so grateful to your father. Here we are today. A number of uh, friends have been able to connect us over time as this project evolved into Jewish Money Matters. And they kept coming back at me. You need to meet Joyce. You need to meet Joyce. I'm like, I need to meet Joyce. I've known her for decades. <laughs> and then you kept here. And here are today. Thank you, Joyce, for everything that you're doing. I think this is going to be an incredible conversation. I actually want to start by sharing the story of my relation, my sort of relationship with your father in some ways, because I think it's like beautiful backdrop to our conversation today, since I know so much of what you, you the, what you're the life that you're living and legacy comes from the, the, the values and the virtues that he taught you. So many years ago, I lived in Shanghai, China, and we needed a community. I think it was 2006. Your father and his partner, I don't know if you know my side of the story. I'm sure you know parts of the story that I do not know. Um, but basically the community was in a desperate state, needed to purchase a building. It was very, very problematic to purchase real estate in China. And the president of our community, a rabbi went to the Ohel to ask for a bracha because really things were not looking very good. And the president of our community, Mr. Ohana, was having a meeting Friday afternoon with your father's partner, Mr. Bohbot. And he said, I'm sorry, I have to cut this meeting short because I have to go lead Shabbat services tonight at the synagogue. He's like, oh, what's going on? Where's your rabbi? And he tells him the whole story, why the rabbi is gone and how we need a building desperately and so on and so forth. And he says, how much you need? And he said, we need a million dollars. So he picks up the phone and he calls your father and he comes back and he says, you've got the million dollars. We're going to do it. Max and I are going to do it. And that's how we got our Jewish center. And I want to tell you, I get chills um, telling you the story because we needed a mikvah. We needed a building. My child, two of my children are a product of that mikvah. They're a product of that preschool. So many people's lives have been touched through your father's generosity on the spot. It just brings tears to my eyes. It's just such a testament of how money can really, it's something that can live an imprint beyond our time in this world. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not a trivial thing. It's so, so crucial and important. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing your 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 side of it. I, I never heard it that way. Um, I've heard so many people who have gone and seen my dad's name there and said, oh, it was so magical to walk, to be so far away from home and see a name that I recognized. My dad's Shabbos table was known around the world as a place that anybody was welcome to come every week. So this was only an extension of him. But I remember in the months after my dad's passing, we were asked the kids to come to a big warehouse to come pick what we wanted. There was furniture, there were things from, you know, different homes and um, boxes of, you know, packed up, you know, boxes from offices and things like that. And I got to this huge warehouse and I was totally overwhelmed. And I'm walking around, I'm seeing my dad's bedroom couch, I'm seeing 
you know, entryway tables to our home in Florida. I'm seeing like all different types of things. And I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I, it's like in one way, I want everything here. And in another way, you know, none of it really means anything. And um, I walked up to a box. It was the very first box I opened. And I looked down and it was all of these awards and medals. And it probably was like a, you know, like a back counter in, in some office or something. You know, it's probably something that was on a table. And the only thing I walked out with that day, and it's right behind me, it says the plaque of honor presented to Max Azri in honor of his generous assistant in purchasing the Ohel Yisrael Shanghai Jewish Center. It's right behind wow. me right there. And it was one of the only things I walked out with. And I think that the Rebbe says so beautifully, when we lose somebody, they're really only upstairs. And I think that, you know, when we do leave this world, there's <laughs> all we take with us really is, is the work that we've done here in the way in, the, in, in mitzvahs. And so in some ways, I feel like my father really lives through me through the tshuva that I made. Um, and, and really, as eccentric as it sounds, my, my way of valuing money, mm. and my relationship with money. And it's so funny, because this podcast, like you said, since the beginning, since the first emails I received from you, and even trying to get on this podcast with you, it was rescheduled so many times. And I, I've, I'm very, time is very important to me. So when I make time for somebody or somebody is giving me their time, um, it was actually a, a midah I worked on 10 years ago or 12 years ago now, very strongly as I, as I really feel like time is something that we have to value so much. And I'm very, very big on making my, you know, if I have an appointment with you, I'm going to be there. So the fact that this was canceled many times, uh, I said it to my best friend this morning. I was like, something huge is coming of this podcast because for the eights are hard to, 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 to really right? deprioritize, or deprioritize it so many times. Um, but I definitely do feel like um, I have such an interesting relationship with money and having started, you know, as the daughter of, of such a brilliant entrepreneur who never hid me away from meetings, who always brought me into his financial struggles and successes, um, I have such a different vantage point. And so when I talk to people about money, or we discuss this very, very important relationship, mm -hmm. um, I'm uniquely positioned in the sense that I have, um, I have my father's light in me, the bracha, the, the miracle modes, the the really thinking big and I, and I, and I, um, and I'm not very good if you want to talk about like maybe bringing up a small business or doing something that has a smaller um, vision attached to it because I, I've only seen things develop in such a big way. Right. And um, you know, and as it relates to money, how much of it was tied to your relationship to Hashem. Mm. And watching my father, who was not a religious man, but an extremely deep and spiritual man, he would tell me, you know, we'd be in a business meeting. You know, we could have had thousands of stores at the time. And we couldn't make payroll. And I would tell him, Dad, you know, are you scared? You know, sit with him in these big board meetings. I was a young girl and hear the dire position of our company, you know, and he would look at me and he'd say, I am only scared of Hashem. Mm. If Hashem wants them to be paid, they will be paid. And if Hashem <laughs> doesn't want them to be paid, I cannot do anything. <laughs> and I would, and I would say, he's so right. 
You know, Hashem put, Hashem put him in this position, in this specific position to be, you know, um, a conduit for all of these people, uh, you know, in terms of creating jobs. And, um, and it reminds me also that whenever somebody was in a really, really tough situation, even if it was um, Shalom Bias, and even if it was, you know, a kid who was doing drugs, or there were so many people who would come talk to him about so many struggles, he would always give them a job. Wow. He would always give them a job. And um, my next door neighbor who struggled a lot, um, you know, with, um, with drug use or uh, myself, when I was going through one of the hardest times in my life, I was 29 getting a divorce um, as a young woman and I was in real estate and my dad made up this whole situation of why I had to come and work with him again. And, um, and it was a big bracha, you know, it allowed me to have a, Big, bigger purpose and to connect with others and to get out of my, get out of my head. And, and um, so it, it, it's really brilliant. For me, it's really brilliant that you do a podcast like this, because I feel like there's so many people with their experiences who have so much to say about money mm-hmm. and how deeply that relationship mirrors so many other relationships in our life. Right, right. You know, Right, right. So, so I want to go back to, to something like you just said, you have a unique vantage point. You've seen, you've seen the wealth. You've also seen, like you just, um, said, you've seen your father gone through very hard times. You saw your father's, you know, not making payroll. You saw a father, you know, going bankrupt. You saw, you know, you saw the ups and the downs also from a very early age. Um, Describe to us a little bit, Joyce, how all these experiences shaped your relationship with money. Um, wh- how would you describe it now based on these experiences um, that, again, for many people could be traumatic, a lot of information at a very early age as it relates to money. You also, as you said, this you know, experience your father having tremendous amount of bitachon. So, 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 so what, how do, how would you describe it now in yourself as you look at yourself as an adult and how you relate to this resource? Um, <clears throat> it's, it's very, very interesting. So like I said to you, my dad never sheltered me from information. I think it, it's maybe an immigrant mindset. You come into a country, you have big goals, you will let nobody get in your way and you might have six kids, you know, (laughs) (laughs) by the way, yeah, by the way, side story. Um, so my father, um, treated me. I remember at eight years old being treated like an adult, like Joyce, here's an envelope, walk across the hall, give it to the lady, you know, pay the rent. Um, I remember same thing, 12, 13 years old, going to take the rent, uh, going to remind my father that it was the beginning of the month that we had to pay. And wow. you would say, oh, I don't, I, you know, I don't have. And I said, but, you know, and, and being very, very young, I mean, like, what do you mean you don't have? Like, we have to pay the rent. Like, you know, and I remember always having this, you know, almost like um, fears, you know, real, real fears. And I think that they were very um, well-deserved, like growing up in the way that I did, you know, to see my father, he has a very big gambler's mindset, you know, so he would hit, 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 hit big. And then you know, he would tell me sometimes, he's like, you know, Joyce, the trick with money is I'm very happy with a can of tuna. Mm. And I would say, what does that mean? He'd say, nobody can ever manipulate me with money. Nobody can ever do anything because the fear in, 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 in and why people are get, get manipulated by money is because they're scared to be poor. He's like, wow. I'm not scared. 
I don't need the money. I'm happy with a can of tuna. I'm happy with somebody I love. A very, very simple mindset. And so I think when you eradicate this fear, mm-hmm. so right. what is left what is left is bravery and courage. And then if you have the dimension of a shem in your life, then you say, wait, I'm unstoppable. Right. I'm really unstoppable. So um, so as a child, it definitely did manifest inside me more as anxiety and more fear. Um, and there were big moments where even personally, you know, I would say to my father, okay, this is going to come through. And then, you know, a day before, a week before it was like, nope, you know, Hashem doesn't want. Um, and, and as I, it was only really as I got older and individuated myself and started my own companies. And I mean, there were times where I had to raise $30 million, you know, in the matter of weeks um, as an entrepreneur separate from my father. But I really feel that the biggest thing he gave over to me, and you could leave your child billions of dollars. You can try and do um, plan your life out. So you have, um, what do you call it? Transgenerational wealth. What do you call it? Generational wealth, right? Generational wealth, generational wealth. So, you know, you can plan everything, but you know, my dad also used to say, you plan everything and God laughs, you know, you plan and you plan and you plan and something happens. Um, So, you know, I remember, you know, you know, as my dad was getting older, I would say to myself, like, you know, am I safe here? Am I not safe? And it was only when I took the same step and said, look, I can't be scared anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and money has money has to be dealt with like everything else. You got to give it time. You have to start a notebook. You say, okay, here are my, this is what I need. These are the things that I want to accomplish. Same thing as like meal prepping. Right. It's the same thing as, as Shalom Bites. It's the same thing as getting your kids camp, uh, you know, camp, summer camp organized. Yep. It deserves time and it deserves, you know, thoughtful reflection. And, um, but the one thing that I, that I wished over everything that, would descend through me from my father was his mindset. Because mm-hmm. I knew if I could count on myself and I can count on Hashem and I'm happy with what I have, so I'm always wealthy. Right. Um, and, and, and every child, I think, of a very, very big entrepreneur, there's two, there's two roads. There's the road of my father was such a big guy, I'm never going to end up, you know, filling up those shoes. So I either do something completely different or just get completely crushed by their image, mm-hmm. or there's the road of, let me take everything that they have. Let me take a lifetime of knowledge and immerse myself in it. And since I was a very young girl um, of my six siblings, I was the only one that worked in the business for you know decades. And I can tell you that for me, it was the biggest gift that I got, you know, and I, and I really, I think that really, I don't know if you've read Shara Bitachon. Of course. Safer. I read it, I teach it, I read it every day. <laughs> one, one, one of the biggest books to read as an yeah. entrepreneur totally. and, and really, and many times, not just one exactly. I read, it's to continue and continue and understand that as a businesswoman, I understand is I'm doing Hashem's work in this world through every business I bring to life, through the ones that I work hard on and they fail, or the ones that I did nothing for and they're so successful. Mm-hmm. We really realize that, um, I really realized, I think through the upbringing that I had with my father and the combination of continuous learning, Torah, that 
It's the same thing I tell my kids all the time. You do your best and Hashem does the rest. And that's right. what I do in business. That's my business, um, you know, line is that I, I truly try and create a clean vessel, something that Hashem is proud of. Proud of right. I try and yeah, and I try and really have great working relationships, something that Hashem says, wow, that that's a great working relationship. That's a that's a that's bringing good to the world. It's making other people smile. It's inspiring others to do clean business. And, you know, Baruch Hashem, then you're, you're you know, you're blessed. So yeah. I feel like, you know, so so I'm not sure. So I, I think that in terms of what you were asking about my father and how those experiences shaped me, I think at the beginning, they created a lot of pressure for me. And I think I had to, um, I think the combination of making tshuva and continually learning, like right now yeah. I'm learning Tomer Devora. And, and for me, it's like that constant, constant learning and I think that that makes me the businesswoman I am today. I think that he left his biggest mark was really his bitachon. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was real bitachon there. Like <laughs> next level, he he should have taught the class on business and bitachon. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you, was, you have to teach. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was like something like nothing you've ever seen before. And I think that when you're growing a billion dollar mind, like business, you really have to be in that in that mindset. You really have to let go and really trust Hashem and let Him take you there, and know that if there is something that's not working, it's also Hashem's will, and not fighting it. You know, like 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 really just sitting in it. And and I always say it because I think it's, it was my dad's mindset as well. Like Hashem's my business partner. Mm-hmm. Right. He's really my partner when I am at home with my kids. Hashem is taking care of my business. And when I am taking care of my business and I'm doing everything I can, he's my partner in it. And he's also taking care of my kids, mm-hmm. you know? Somebody challenged me recently and told me, oh, come on. If somebody's going through a really hard financial time, do you really think Bitachon, like, is Bitachon going to get them out of it? And I was like, yes, I could tell you stories. I could sit here all night and tell you it does work. It does work. We do our part. But the minute you rely on Hashem, the possibilities that you can't even conceive of just literally open up. No, it's the prescription, right? It is the only prescription. It's the brand, you know, not the generic. Exactly. (laughs) Bitachon is brand prescription for financial struggle. And, And I'll tell you as as the daughter of a very, very successful person, you have to stay on top. Mm-hmm. And in the years that I've been in business, there have been years that I have not been on top. And the only thing that got me through that time, the right. only thing that put me back on top is the miracles of Hashem. Straight right. bitachon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have been that girl who sits on a plane in, in economy on the way to the OHEL because that's what I have left. That's what right. I'm working with. It's right. me and the Rebbe. Right. And I sat at the Rebbe's OHEL and said, you know, I need X amount of millions of dollars before end of day. Right. And I'll never forget this story that I went to the Lubavitcher Rebbe. I had a huge payroll. I had a huge, huge company. And, um, and, and you know, things had to be done. Money had to be in and I didn't have it. And the only thing I could think of was, get a flight and go see the Rebbe. Mm-hmm. That was right. the only thing I could think of. 
And I went to the Rebbe. I was there with my husband and he looked at me and he said, call that friend. And I'm at the Rebbe's Ohel and I say, which friend? You know that guy who always tells you he'll help you if you ever need anything? I tell him, I'm like, that's kind of like, call me if you ever need right, anything. Right. Not call me if you need a few million dollars. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and my husband says, no, I have a very, very strong feeling. And I said, you know what? I'm here. I've got nothing to lose. And this is like, this is when my dad is like, he takes over my essence. Of course, why not? I'm not happy with the flight on Delta. I'm calling the CEO. You know, I go straight <laughs> to the top. And, and I call this gentleman and I say, hi, how are you? Oh my goodness. How are you? I haven't spoken to you in so long. I know, you know, you've always told me to call you. If I, you know, you look at me when you give me these big smiles and you tell me like, call me when I need something, like I need something. Mm. Okay. What do you need? And you know, when I dropped him out, you know, the conversation was like, it was a little more silent, but he said, (laughs) okay. And what happened? I wasn't able to reach the business manager in time on that day. And there was a global glitch in payroll for 24 hours. And I remember, I remember being there 48 hours later back in LA thinking to myself, Hashem wanted. Mm -hmm. And when Hashem wants, there is, don't limit Hashem. Right. Exactly. You know, when I hear people opening a business and they're like, I, I just don't know where to get 30,000. I said, don't limit Hashem. (laughs) Exactly. Don't even say 30. (laughs) You need give me what you can give me, you know, (laughs) because He's so much bigger. You think there's not enough Ferraris? You think mm-hmm. Hashem doesn't have enough million? You don't think he can move the money? I mean, when Hashem wants, Hashem does. Hey, if you've been wanting to serve the world with your gifts and getting paid to do so, if you've been wanting to design and start a business that is genuine, natural, and purposeful because it's fully aligned with who you are, then I want to invite you to my newest online course, From Purpose to Profit. I will walk you through a system to get you from idea to business, plus help you get over the fears that have been holding you back from putting your unique offer out in the world. In six weeks, you could be making someone's life better and making money at it. You could have a proven and validated business offer that totally lights you up and helps the world. I want you to go from purpose to profit. Head over to yelltrush.com forward slash profit to join. one business that I founded recently in the energy space, like energetic, I I actually gifted you one a little while back, the healers collection. And it was started with this healer in in Yerushalayim. And I saw her do really groundbreaking work. And I was and I was on the search myself to continue to grow out of my childhood traumas and things like that. I got out of fashion and into the medical space because I almost passed away during COVID. I delivered my seventh baby I was one of the I was one of the first deliveries in California with a COVID baby. I I, I was I had COVID, so they split me up from my child when he was born. Nobody what? wanted to deliver me. It was a very very big dramatic situation, and I always knew I had it in me to help people and to 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 do some sort of um, I don't know if it's healing, but to be there for others in right. a way with a very open heart, which which happens happens to be very healing. Right. So um, you know, many people growing up in a Sparty family, you know, we had like every single rabbi would come, yeah, you should yeah, be yeah. a doctor, you should be, you know, I grew up in that mindset. And 
And I remember, you know, working with her and her saying to me, you know, I think it would be very wise if you only worked three days a week and took (laughs) two days to go to the beach. Hmm. (laughs) I like that recipe. Let me tell you. And I was thinking to myself, what? I can barely get it done. You know, and, you know, I typically don't work on Fridays because I'm, you know, I'm preparing my Shabbos with a lot of love. And it was a very hard thing to hear. Very hard thing to hear as an entrepreneur who has, you know, really done some exciting things and and really, you know, I I could forget sometimes that Hashem is involved and say like, I worked very hard for that. Right, right. And she told me, you know, I, I really think that, that working a little less will be good for you. Now, if anybody who knows me, it's like, I could be on a business call, cooking, pushing a stroller. You know, I I am much better when I have more. I remember my father, I remember my father getting sick and I was working at that time, 10, 11 hours a day that I was also, my office was like an hour away and thinking to myself, I don't know if I have time. Like, when am I going to see my dad? And for that (laughs) whole year, that whole year, I went and spent every day till 1am with him, 2am with him. And I would sleep less Um, and and everything can be done. But to go back to, to, to healing, and I think I might've lost my place a little bit, but anyways, I brought about this business with this healer because she was healing a lot of people from, from financial trauma. Mm. And I, I see it a lot today when I'm, you know, on the road, I meet a lot of people who ask me, you know, they're like, Oh, okay, here she is. She's an entrepreneur. She, you know, lives in a nice place. Like, let me ask her questions about money. (laughs) Um, and, and I see that they're recreating what they saw at home. Mm -hmm. And I see that they're creating, you know, um, because that's their relationship with money. And unless you're actively working on your relationship with money, it might just be the same as your daddy's and your granddaddy's, uh, you know, relationship with money. And, um, if your, you know, father was an excessive gambler, then maybe it's healthy for you to save a bit. Mm-hmm. M- maybe that's a good balance for you. Right. And, you know, it, it, the opposite. If your parents were the people who never took a risk, it would be extremely healthy for you to take a risk. And, you know, I always say it's not about the output. It's about the input. Yeah. Like if you want to do something and you have that dream, do it and tell the story. Be that person and tell that story. Don't, you know, don't, I see so many people saying, I wish, and I always wanted to start this interactive art gallery with candy and this and that. And then you see them, you know, 20, 30 years later, I've always wanted to start that, (laughs) you know, and it's extremely important to break from those things, especially if things aren't working Mm -hmm. to, to, to really try and to really try and mix it up. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, yeah. So many things to, to unpack here, Joyce. I, you reminded me of so many things as you were sharing this. I mean, I remember my own initial journey with Bitachon was in a very big, I was in a very big financial, uh, you know, point with challenge with my husband living in China, thinking we were on on top of the world. And all of a sudden everything gets pulled from under us. And, you know, I kept hearing the Rebbe say, Study Sharbitachon, study Sharbitachon. I was like, what, what, what is this? You know? And also I always tell people, and maybe you relate to this, like you assume that because you're a 
woman of faith, I mean, hello, I cover my hair. I keep Shabbat. I keep kosher. I go to make a, of course I have right. trust. And then you realize how right. insidious it can be and how this lack of bitachon can show up in, in the most insidious ways in the way you run your business, the way you relate to your managers, to your client, to that contract, to your employees, right? Like there's so much here, so much work to be done. Like you said, it's the prescription. Now, I also want to share something that you just reminded me. I keep this. I want to tell you, I keep this note. When you send me these beautiful bracelets, I think these are the money magnets, right? They're called money mm-hmm, magnets. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. So you wrote me a beautiful note. I'm not going to share what you said um, with everybody, but here's what you put on the outside. And I keep it at my desk every day. I'll keep doing what you do. Because I want to tell you, it was so it was such divine providence. I was at a moment where I was actually second guessing my work. I was like, is this having the impact that I really wanted it to have? Like, is this, is, is this making a difference? Like, is this that important, really? And all of a sudden, this shows up from Joyce. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I told my husband, I can't believe he didn't know I was like having all these like thoughts. Right. And so thank right. you. Now I keep it on my desk. You know, you know, it's, it's amazing that you share that because um, I don't know why I chose the word what you do. But they say you should be blessed in what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of times people people are in the dream and they're not in the the doing, doing, right? In the doing. And and I'll tell you, dreams happen when you do it. I could not have dreamt when I was a little, um, you know, Beverly Hills rich girl sitting at the Beverly Hills Hotel on Saturdays, you know, not connected to my spirituality. I would have never imagined being the mother of seven kids and, you know, an, an entrepreneur. And that's really where my spirit shines. Like right. I really think Hashem uses that channel to really um, pour over the light from me in all the businesses that I do. And, and we have to do, we have to do, it's not, it's not good enough. It's not good enough to dream. It's important to do. And, and and when whenever we do, there's blessing. Yeah, but we have to there do with no- with the prescription that you said. We have to trust the doing without the trusting could take us in very very negative places. Today. I don't know how I don't know how people do without trusting right. because right. then there's no reason to do <laughs> right. You know, um, and, you and know. you've seen that firsthand in the world you come from. You've seen what it can lead to when the pursuit of materiality is just for the materiality is without God. And, and, as- and yeah. And what about when you do and you receive money and it's not in purity? Right. right. Because that is a very serious, serious thing. I think when Hashem says, you want money? Take. Hmm. But like a father who gives it, you know what I'm saying? Like money is a huge responsibility. Yeah. I have to put my crown on in the morning before I deal with my money. Right. And it's it's a huge responsibility. It's a vessel in which you pour blessing for others. For others, right. And it has to be clean. Yeah. It's got to be no no dirty water, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and um and and it's a very and it's a very very big responsibility. It's a very very big responsibility. It's a gift. It's a such a big gift. And you can do so many amazing things. You can do so many amazing things. You can spend your whole day concerned with how to place your money in a great way. Um, but to be cut off from the mindset of Hashem is everything. Right. You know, I 
it's very hard for me when I see people fail at something in business and they stop. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me mm. because my father who lived through a few traumas and on his first dream to do BCBG, he created a truckload of skirts and the truck was stolen. He had to start again. He had to start again at the start. And that is incredibly difficult, but it was the fabric of what made him. And I say this to anybody who will come to me when they're just with their hands down and their head down. And they say that I failed. Mm -hmm. I say, this can be the biggest catalyst for your job. This is the beginning. I, 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 I saw a video the other day of a gentleman who's climbing a set of stairs and he falls over onto a trampoline and he gets back on the stairs and he goes a couple steps higher and he falls back down on the trampoline. I tell you, if you stop your life when you're in the trampoline with your Mm -hmm. face in the trampoline, it's not a good story. (laughs) You got to tell the story. I want to live a life. I want to live a life where I look back and I have the stories. Yeah, I'm with you. Yep. And, and, and I'll tell you like, it is the most, you know, I got into a car accident when I was 16 years old. And actually my neighbor tells me, she always loves when I tell this story. I got into a car accident when I was 16 years old. My dad bought me a brand new BMW and I was so excited to drive all the time. It was New Year's morning and I was picking up my baby sister from, a, from an event that she slept at the night before. And I get into this crazy car accident on Sunset, crazy. And you know, as a 16 year old girl, you can imagine that the first thing your father first, like, are you okay? I can't believe you crashed the car. How irresponsible. I called my father and he came into the street on Sunset and Rexford in this huge intersection with all these cars stopped. And he puts his hands up and he starts dancing and he makes, you know, a and he's screaming and he says to me, thank you. And now the evil eye is away from us yeah. for a whole year. And what a way to start the year. And, (laughs) you know, and he's so proud of me. And I can tell you in the moments in business, and if you're not ready to have your face in the trampoline, Mm -hmm. don't get into business. Right. Don't have the chops for it. Right. But when your face is in the trampoline and you, you make yourself like my daddy's voice, like get up. This Mm -hmm. is the best time. This is the beginning of the story. Yeah. And the beginning of the story is when you're down. Yeah. Because it's the beginning. But if yeah. you make it the end, then you really don't have a story. Mm-hmm. This is how my story started. I fell in a trampoline and I stayed there. Not a good mm-hmm. story. But if your story is I fell and I fell and I fell and I fell. And each time I got up, I made it better. And that's how And every entrepreneur I have ever met who's at that high, high level that people look at and they say like, wow, mm-hmm. they all have the best story. Yeah. And it it's- doesn't start up there. Yeah, it's funny. It doesn't just remind, start up there. It doesn't start up there. I just remind, there's so many roller coasters. You just reminded me, my husband and I, when we came back to America from that China, you know, downfall, you know, came to start again from scratch and we started a company together. And after we, after we raised millions of dollars, then we had to fire everybody, you know, like the whole Heard. drama, you, you, you know, it, you know, been there, fire, yeah, been there, <laughs> fire everybody, you know, reckon with so many issues and whatnot. And years recently, maybe a year or two ago, one of our investors, our initial investors said, you know, invest, I've invested in many companies 
And I can explain to you the ones who succeeded. And I can also explain to you the ones that failed. There's one company I still can't explain. How is it that our company is still around? And my husband and I are like, we have no idea. We have no idea. And we don't know what the plan is. Like, I don't even know. Like, like, it, it's just like, it's there, but it's not there. It's there. It's like, it's like, but we're still at it. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, we're not giving up, you know, because obviously Hashem has a plan and all this, you know, we've learned so much through the experience and we've built other businesses around it, but it's just like the whole journey. And I was thinking about your, your father's thing with the, you know, the can of tuna. I always tell my husband, you know what I've learned since 2008, since this whole journey really, really began for me, my whole wake up call with my relationship with money and business is that my Mood is not impacted by the balance of my bank account. That's it. That's my motto. Like, I do not let my mood be impacted by the balance of my bank account. My husband used to tell me in the early days, yeah, El, it's just numbers. It's just numbers. And those numbers had such power over me. You know what I mean? Like, once you, right? It's, you have to live a trillionaire mindset. You know yeah. what my little sister, my little sister calls me J-Trill. <laughs> it's, my, it's my rapper name. Um, because she says to me, like, no matter where I'm at, no matter where I've been and as low as I've been, and I've been low as an entrepreneur and, and I've been very high as an entrepreneur, I'm Jay Trills mm-hmm. because I have a trillionaire mindset. It's not about the money that you have in your bank account. It, in fact, I say success is like committing yourself to something. Right. I am successful because I commit myself to my husband every day. I commit myself to my kids every kids, day. Right. I commit myself to a business every day. That's why I'm successful. Exactly. You know, exactly. I love that I definition. Somebody, somebody said this to me to one day, you can always replace someone in business. Hmm. You can never replace a mother, you know, those types of things. And, 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 you know, when my father passed, it didn't say, you know, CEO entrepreneur, it didn't say that, but my father was very clear that, he was to be an example to create hope for people. Right. To, you know, I, I celebrated um, the 30, I think it was, no, the 25 year anniversary of BCBG. And I remember looking at around the room and there was a hundred or 150 people maybe who were with us over 25 years. Yeah. And w- I was looking around the room and I saw the guy who used to take me home from school, Luis, he was still our warehouse manager um, the pattern makers that I used to sleep under their desks, um, and all these people. And I realized my dad isn't an entrepreneur and my dad isn't BCBG. My dad's just an inspiration. He inspires these people every day. He inspired, you know, them to believe they'll get their green card, to believe that their kids would go to college, to believe in themselves that they would have this career that meant something. Every time I meet somebody who talks to me about BCDG, they don't talk about the clothes. They talk about the way they felt. Mm. And they say, I've had this dress for so long. I wore it to my first job interview. I will never forget the way I felt when I bought this. I can never let it go. I did this, this, and this in it. My daughter's wedding, my this, that. Because it creates an emotional connection. And I always say, you know, even to the people who have BCBG today, they like, it's a neshama. Right. Business is your neshama. And you're, you're choosing to pour your neshama into this business. You're choosing to pour your neshama 
into this space. Mm -hmm. Make sure that the mission is pure. My father would always tell me, Joyce, we are not saving lives. We are making people confident. That's a big thing. Making somebody confident when they walk through for an interview, making somebody feel presentable. It's very important. It's part of being a Kiddush Hashem. It's part of being a light to the world. Putting yourself together in a way that reflects self-love. Right. You know, and then you attract love and then people value you with love's mindset. You know, yeah. and then they love you. <laughs> yeah. um, and money is the same thing. Money is directly related to the image that you see of yourself. So if you're looking in the mirror and you don't see money, nobody's going to see money. <laughs> so good. If so you true. look in the mirror and you say, Jay Trills is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yes. You know, then people say, and, and people value values. Yes. And I always say that in business, there is a tangible financial uh, reality to having values. People ask me a very a question that I, I don't know, makes me sad when they ask me, Oh, do you notice that in business you're treated differently for being an Orthodox Jew? Yeah, I'm treated differently. I'm treated as a woman who has values mm-hmm. and it's not different from this one who believes in the 12 step program. It's not different from this one. Who's like an animal activist. It's, it's, it's me and my truth. Right. And when people see that, especially up at the top, they all have a story, a really good story, and they're all there on a set of values. Mm-hmm. My mom was a single mom and I got here because I wanted right. to provide and I never wanted to let her down. This is a value. So people at the top connect for having values. They don't right. connect like, oh, I was, I grew up, uh, I put my values to the side and then I became this. No, no. No, people value that. And and there's an actual, you know, when someone looks across the room and they do a deal with me, they're doing a deal with somebody with values. A hundred percent. And that's worth a lot. A hundred. That's already like 10x EBITDA. You know, that's like, Uh, that puts you on a totally different value, you know. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, I was just thinking earlier this morning before we got on this conversation, how interesting that we're coming out of Parsha's Shalach. It's Monday. By the way, Chodesh Tov. It's Rosh Chodesh. Chodesh Tov. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're coming out of this, 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 like, this, the spies mistake and the, you know, the, the idea that coming into the, you're going to be consumed by the land. You're going to take a huge risk and we should stay spiritual, right? This big mistake that they made. And, you know, your, your life, your, everything you've been sharing with us, your business experience, your, your financial experience, your entire life is really the, the idea of, the what we learn is their mistake, which is no, it's not something you're not going to, you could get consumed by the land, but the whole idea is that you shall not get consumed by the land. The whole idea is that you should be in it. And that's where you find godliness. You're not going to find it in the desert being all spiritual. You have to find it in the work in the land. It was just like, so I open, I'm like, Oh, I'm about to have a conversation with Joyce. She really totally emulates this powerful lesson, which is such, it's a fundamental Jewish premise, period. We're in the world. We're doing, we're elevating the world. All of that physicality that sometimes people are so scared of, that the spies were so scared of, that's where the godliness is. When I'm paying salaries, when I'm designing, when I'm closing the deal, when I'm all these things. That was the best part of the podcast. Bravo. (laughs) I I, I don't think so. (laughs) The the sheer, the sheer. 
it, you know, it, it's, it's so true. And to take it back specifically to money, though, you know, it's very, it's very hard because the negative report is something that you can do, like you said, when Hashem wants to give you a bracha and it's so big, say, no, I don't want that. I don't want that money. Right. I'm going to become a snob. Exactly. <laughs> right. I don't it's want to corrupt money. me. Yeah, then, then I'm going to be corrupted. Right. Well, what does that say about, you know, your values and how, right. and, and I'll tell you something. I struggled with that one a lot. There were years that I struggled, and this is very, very personal, but I struggled with that a lot. Why? Torah is extremely important to me. It, it is it is my number one importance. And I have to say, when my father started becoming extremely successful, he was keeping Shabbos. Mm. And there was the moment where it just was too big for him, and he he couldn't keep it anymore. And for me, being the child uh, in a divorced couple, for me, Shabbos was extremely important. I would go to shul. People would care. They would tell my father, have you taken her to the dentist? Because my dad was a single dad, you know, and they would get involved and they would get nosy and they would ask about me and my sister, but I felt very loved. Wow. And so for me, the end of Shabbos was so connected to success. Wow. Wow. That's some trauma to heal. Yeah. Yeah. And it took me a lot to say, Joyce, not only are you going to be from, but you're going to be from with a lot of money. There you go. Exactly. And it will never, and it will never take you away from your Yiddishkeit unless you want it to, unless, you know, everything's a choice, you know, everything is definitely a choice. It's a responsibility, right? But it's only going to bring you closer to Hashem. Wow. And really, really my business training, because I call it like a business boot camp every day, you know, mm-hmm. I'm so romantic with Hashem all day in my business <laughs> dealing. So romantic. It's one of my most vibrant relationships, talking mm-hmm. to them all the time. You think right? <laughs> Crazy, maybe, but um, because I know how much he's involved in every second of my life and how mm-hmm. he cares and he wants me to receive with Shefa, right, impurity, and not only disconnecting from Shabbat, but connecting others mm-hmm. to Shabbat. Um, and, and it's very important. And it's very important. And, and, you know, I really I give you a bracha and I give a bracha to all your listeners that if they're allowing their time to be consumed with minutes of money matters, this podcast, that Hashem should give them so much Shefa, because it means that they are channeling the money through a Jewish source, through a truthful source. And Hashem should just make the Jewish people very, very wealthy, and very, very successful and know what to do with the success and how to control it and how to, how to, how to really, really um, use it for good. Yeah. Uh, so, Amen. yeah. Yeah, Amen. I mean, like, listen, I always tell my listeners, we have a job to finish. We have to bring Mashiach and Mashiach happens to, here. It happens here. It happens through your beautiful flowers on your Shabbos table, through your kosher sushi platter. It happens here. Mm-hmm. It happens through your tzedakah. It's in the physical. So bring it on. Take all the shefa. Take all the wealth. Pay attention to it. Manage it. Do it right. But you got to do it. You got to do it. Amen. And remember, somebody else's right not might not be your right. But if it's challenging you so much and it's giving you a pinch, then ask yourself, why is this bothering me? Exactly. Exactly. If somebody is telling you to save and you are not a saver and it bothers you, sit down with a pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is this bothering me? 
Was my was my great it was my grandfather too much of a saver? You feel that he didn't live? Ask yourself these big questions because right. money is a relationship. And if you're yeah. not gonna ask the questions, it would be like not having a relationship with your child or not speaking with them and then not putting any time in to understand why your child's not speaking. 100%. That is a huge problem. 100%. So Bashem is not speaking to you through money and he's not showering you with abundance and he's not, you know, and he's really holding it so that there's something that he wants there, there he's using it as a language and it speaks yeah. to you clearly so you know you have to like we have to sit down and ask ourselves the tough stuff you know yeah and I, and I like that you brought it there because I always say it's the inner work you know those challenges very often it's easier to say oh but it's the system but it's the economy but it's the the schools that charge too much tuition or the cost of the cost of coaching whatever people we like to look outward but really, people, listen to what Joyce is saying here. It's inner work. It's looking inward. What is Hashem trying to get out of me? What is the potential that I'm sitting on here that this is really affecting me, that it's this is challenging me to rise, like bring something out of me? And this is the harder work, and that's why we avoid it. But that's where the gold is. That's where you are going to shine. That's where That's where Hashem wants you to go. And we try to avoid it by pointing fingers at all the systemic issues. That's that's fine, but you're, it's not going to get you far. It's a distraction. Complaining a distraction. is a distraction. It's a distraction. And I'll tell exactly. you, you know, when I see a person who's got two kids, maybe they're a Rebbe, maybe they're, you know, working at a, you know, and right. they can't make rent and they're struggling and they're taking a loan. Guess what? There's a multimillionaire out there, even a billionaire out there who has $800 million of debt. And can't pay for their sushi dinner. Mm-hmm. That is a reality. Mm-hmm. When a Shem constricts, he constricts. But also, let's be a little bit optimistic here. Also, a Shem can give us in an easy way. Yes. Hashem can be generous and you don't have to toil. Yes. Because a Shem can do anything he wants. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, I'm I, and I yeah. feel like that's one, that's one of my, that's one of my, I think, like, if I think about like the energy of growing up, I was, I was told so many times, you, you have to work hard and you have to yes. be like a man if you do it and you have to travel far and you have to leave your family and you have to go to China and you have to sit mm-hmm. in the factory and you have to, mm. no, no, right. no. Yeah. And you can I- work from home. Mm-hmm. And it can be easy and Hashem can make it sweet and easy. You can- it's like falling in love. Sometimes you meet the love that it's an obstacle and he lives there and you live here and he's got two kids and you have four kids. Yes, sometimes it's a little bit more of a of a of a coming together. But right. sometimes it's also you meet them, you know it's fast, it's love, it's done. It's the same thing with money. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's also okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny it's you say that. Okay. I had the same experience, by the way. I, and I had to rewire. I've had to continuously rewire that. No, it can be easy. I was taught you have to slave and you have to stay in the bank till two in the morning and you have to hustle yeah. and you have to travel. And, you know, there's not going to be time for family. And, you know, I had a big reckoning. I was like, no, but I, I want the kiddush on Friday night. I want the family. Like, right. It, and it doesn't have to be hard. The money can come easy and you can work from home and you can also, also, and I've seen people, you know, who finally give up on money and they say, you know what? I just want to do what I'm passionate about because I'm not happy. Mm. The toil of running after money is not making me happy. So I'm going to go into photography. It's something I've always been obsessed with. I'll keep my nine to five, you know, to help my family, but I'm going to do the photography. And you know what? 
their talent shines so much exactly. and they're so pure with their mission that they're being called every day and they can't keep their nine to five mm-hmm. because they're doing weddings and this exactly. and that. So when it's sh- yeah, you have to be happy. And, and, and we're taught this. You have to be happy with your lot in life. That's mm-hmm. who's rich, mm-hmm. period. So period. if you don't have, surrender. And if you have a lot, surrender. And we all should be looking up in the same direction. The because same it's direction. All coming from one day. Same. I spoke with the, I think his name was Jeff Swartz. This was a phone call that like made a mark on me eight years ago, maybe seven years ago. Um, he moved, he was the CEO of Timberland. He got a very big check and he moved to Spot. Uh huh. And I remember calling him. I I was being honored for for my work, and uh, and I was to find another honoree for the next year or something like that. And I called him because I heard his story. Um, and he relayed a story to me that when he got the check, the big big check at the end, you know, whatever I think it was close to a billion dollars, um, for Timberland. He said something to the effect of they handed him the check and he said something like it was from him. Mm. And Jeff corrected him very quickly. The name on the bottom right of the check is not where the money comes from. I know, where money, I, I know where money comes from. And, and there is only one source. There is one source. You know, you wow. can start your little internet business of I don't know what on Etsy, on through Shopify, whatever, and you wake up in the morning and 12 sales were made, you were not doing the established. You yes. were not working. Right. Hashem is giving it to you and he loves us and he wants us to be happy and he wants to give Jews wealth. Amen. He yes. wants to, he wants to. Um, and that, and that's a lesson, you know, that I've learned in the last five years too, is I don't have to fight so hard. I don't have to fight so hard. Exactly. I don't have to fight so hard. Exactly. Because if I'm fighting so hard, then ultimately the root of that means that I believe I, I'm making that difference. Right, 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 right. The fight, the fight that we have to fight is yeah. fighting our Yetzirah and our ego, get, crushing the ego, getting, getting out of the way so that we ego. can actually connect to Hashem. <laughs> or, or using the ego in a healthy way exactly. where we know, where we know, because that's why Hashem also gave us ego. So we exactly. should know who we are. And we should know our experiences and not be so, oh, no, I didn't do that. Oh, no, I wasn't responsible. Of course, if you yeah, have a challenge. Right. Yeah. My, my father used to tell me when he needed like a big project done, he would send me. Like if he needed something big, if Sam's Club, if he needed like X amount of money before the end of the year and he needed to bring something from nothing, he would send me and he'd say, you, everybody has to know their bracha. And when you sell something and you believe in it, only you can sell it wow. like you have because yeah. I have the passion. If exactly. I don't believe in it, don't don't send me to sell it. Right. For sure. But I have to understand that I have no fear right. being in front of in a room of CEOs. I have no fear because I do the work. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm just having fun. Getting yeah, to know people, exactly, understanding, exactly. making a relationship and they love it and they want to buy from me and I'm happy to sell to them. And I'm happy to make money and I'm happy to pay people from the money and I'm happy to make tzedakah. Yeah. You know, but you have to know, you have to know what, um, you have to know who you represent. And when you know who you represent, you can walk confidently into that room. So well said, right? So well said. My dad used to call it making a balance sheet. He says, everybody makes a balance sheet for their business. They don't make their own balance sheet. Where are they good? Where are they not good? Where can they replace themselves where they're not good? You nice. know, right. And, and that's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a good work. But when you're representing Hashem, you, you, you said it the best. 
you know, I used to be a real salesperson. Like when I was younger, I knew I could sell. I started out in my dad's stores and I would sell and I would say that, you know, this looks so great on you. But when you know that Hashem is behind you, you don't even have to do so much the same. You can connect with people in a genuine way. People feel it. Yeah, people people feel feel it. it. It's genuine. It's genuine. They want to do business with you because you don't have, you're not tied to the, to the end result. You're, you're exactly God God is the one providing it. So you can actually have a genuine relationship with that client, with that customer, with that colleague. It's actually very liberating. It's so liberating. I'll I'll tell you a cute story. Um, I took over a brand called BCBG generation for my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, We had like, I don't know, hundreds of stores uh, in the department stores. And when I took it over, it was not, it was not doing so well. The partners were not so happy with us. The dollars per square foot were down. Like it just was like a really, a a lot of struggle. And I asked my dad, what about a marketing budget? Knew it's the youngest brand in your, in your portfolio. I need a marketing budget. He said, I'm not giving you a marketing budget. You figure yourself out in your marketing. They said, how can I get a marketing budget? I need to sponsor these young Hollywood parties. I need to be, you know, this, that. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to license. I'm going to license my name and I'm going to create all these other divisions of businesses. Within the year, I had 13 licensees. And I will tell you, we had extraordinary years and we had times that were tough. Mm -hmm. But the reason that they partnered with me is because they knew I was a partner. Mm Hmm. When you partner with people who are only trying to sell you something and take from you, and there is no equitable relationship, and there is no equity in the giving and the taking, my focus always when creating licensing relationship was how can I help them? Right. I wasn't interested in how I can help myself. Of course, I wanted a marketing budget. These people were all giving me a marketing budget. But at the end of the day, how can I make them successful? By making them successful, I'm going to be more successful. Exactly. And and I think, you know, a lot of them would say it's so refreshing to work with a business who's listening to us. Yeah. I've been telling them we cannot do fake leather or we cannot do real leather or we cannot do this price point or they don't want it. We can't make an assortment of something that they don't want. So I would say, tell me what they're telling you that they want and Mm -hmm. let's figure out what our skills are and let's get in there. And we would always come with a program that the buyers were on the floor, that the business tripled and quadrupled. Why? Because we were together. Yeah. We were real partners. And so these people would shake my hand because they would say, she's going to be with me in the good times. She's mm-hmm. also going to be with me in the bad times. And she's going to listen. Right. Um, and so and um, yeah. And, and, you know, even with ourselves, if we're constantly on the, on the um, trying to take, even with ourselves, trying to eat, trying mm-hmm. to fill, meet people and say, what am I taking? What am I, rather than really balancing ourselves out and say, oh, where are my talents? How can I offer myself up to right. people? How can I feed others? How can I, so we're out of balance. And, exactly. and, and Hashem will reflect that to us also financially. Yeah, yeah. Tracy, I feel like I haven't had ever a guest who gets the scope of my work on this podcast, as well as you do. <laughs> you oh, <laughs> thank you. I'm here. I'm here. Hopefully it won't be as hard as this time. <laughs> got, no, because I'll tell you, your mission is so clear. Your mission is so clear. Money is like everything else. And we have to, and it's one of those topics that's sensitive. Yes. And people only want to talk about it when they're on the other side. Mm. It's like health problems. People want to talk about how they beat something. They don't want to talk to you about it when they're in the middle and they're still struggling. And But guess what? It's always a struggle. As a billionaire, it's a struggle. As a millionaire, it's a struggle. As 
somebody who makes 30k it's a struggle it's always because it's a relationship it's a relationship right and it's alive and it's alive and anything and your behavior can change that relationship right away right Beautiful and beautifully said. Do you have five minutes for what I call Jewish money matters fill in the blanks? This is a part of the show sure. where I give you an open ended sentence and you finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. Oi, oi, oi. I think you're going to be good at this. Okay. So the first okay. thing you're going to, the first thing is when I give my sir or tzedakah, I'd like to give to pure causes and I, I like the mikvah. So <laughs> I think any, anything, yeah, I think anything that brings more purity into the world and pure minded people, I always try and place my tzedakah in places that I know are going to live past me. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, when it comes to mikvah specifically, you're literally partners with Hashem in a generation of purity. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I'd love to make more money because... I want to give more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I want to give more. I want to have, you know, centers around the world where I can give more. Beautiful. Something I wish I'd learn about money growing up is? It can be easy. Mm-hmm. Money, spiritual or physical? Spiritual. Something I splurge on unapologetically is? Clothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny for years. For years, I used to wear a uniform because like, you know, the shoemaker has no shoes and (laughs) I would not splurge on clothes and I forgot that I love clothes. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. So today, today I splurge on clothes. Good for you. Good for you. And and modest clothes too. I mean, what could be better? What a bigger Kiddush Hashem, right? Right? Exactly. Um, Joyce, spender or saver? Spender. Yeah, that's your nature? Spender. Mind Bender, I, I had I had somebody who who told me when I was younger, you know what makes a millionaire when you spent a million? <laughs> 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 no, um, actually, totally a spender, totally a spender. But but newly, I I think it's so healthy to save. Yeah. I, I find it I, so healthy, and 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 it and it's exciting to save. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. Know, you. Yeah. I'm with yeah, you. I, I so train myself. Yeah. It's so exciting. It's yeah. a, but it's a training. It's a work it's, for me to say, but it's, it's a work it's, for me to think that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually applied a new rule last year, which is anything that comes in, there's a portion that's saved. And, and, and it's, it's very simple. I don't even think about it. It's like, it's like tzedakah. Exactly. Why do I do it for tzedakah? So I'm going to do it the same for my, you know, for saving. Thank you. I've been saying it on yeah. this podcast forever. It's the same, it's the same muscle people, the same muscle, just like you separate your mindset, yes, separate your savings. Yes. It's so true. But I, I have to tell you, I, I've had very, very deep intimate, close relationships with people who are really in the saving. And all I want to do is teach them to spend. So it really depends. It, it really right. depends because, because there is a pleasure in spending and Hashem wants us to experience this pleasure. You the, know? The, the, right. For sure. We got to use it. Like, so there has to yeah, be I see some mothers, I see some mothers, their kids, it's like all of them have matching outfits and their and the bow is bigger than their head. And the mom comes like, you know, and I say, wait, we need a beautiful duck at the head of these, all these beautiful little ducklings, right? You know, it's, it's okay to buy yourself something. Yes. So today to make yourself a gift. Exactly. Today, I'm most grateful for my husband and my kids. Beautiful. And finally, Mm -hmm. I'm Joyce Azria. And I believe Jewish money matters because it's a way that Hashem uh, mirrors our relationship with him in this world. 
Beautiful. Joyce, you have a new venture. I'm, I'm wearing these beautiful br- bracelets, the Healers Collection. We're going to have to bring you back to talk about this b- beautiful company. I'm and in awe. It's very exciting to you. Tell us where we connect with the Healers Connection, where we can connect with you. Tell us where to find you. So thehealerscollection.com and at the Healers Collection on Instagram. And it's, it's a very, very exciting mission. Actually, it's my, it's my newest business. It's really about bringing more balance into the world and more spiritual awareness and how we are, we are the main role in our lives. And we have to stop putting other people as, like you said, the institutions, because my father did, everybody's had trauma. I grew up with a, with a boatload of it, but my boat is parked at the dock and I go to it and I visit it often and I work through this stuff, but you can't let the boat you know, block the view. Right. And so you park it to the side and you, and you create, you know, islands of beauty and you create, you create, you have to do, and you have to be in the doing. And I see that by, by being raised the way I was raised, I'm a very open person. And I realized that, that a lot of my work is opening others and, and, and really continuing on the journey with them. And, and I really feel like this part of my work, this company in our portfolio really is about Geula. And it's a really about you know, bringing people in front of the things that block them and walking through them. And so um, it's been a huge conduit for change in my life. I, I see we've sold, I mean, there's like thousands already in five months. And I see that it's really, we were just at an event on Wednesday. And this woman says to me, I first bought for myself, then I bought 10 for myself, then I bought for all of my nieces and nephews. Nice. And you're bringing Geula and you're bringing Mashiach. And it really is a partnership business with Hashem. And it's really amazing to watch people change. Beautiful. Joyce, continue oh, doing Hashem. what you're doing. I'm going to continue Thank you. inspired every day. Thank, Thank you, you so, much. so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thanks to Joyce Asriah for stopping by. Head over to thehealerscollection.com or follow her on Instagram at thehealerscollection to check out her latest company and treat yourself to one of the Healers Collection's gorgeous bracelets. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. It takes all of 30 seconds. No, not really. It's about 25 maybe. (laughs) It's really easy and it really helps the show a ton. And remember, if you want to finally start a business, put something out there that helps the world in a unique way that only you can do and make money at it, I've designed my newest online course just for you. It's called From Purpose to Profit and the doors are open right now, but not for long. So head over to yeltrush.com forward slash profit to sign up today. In six weeks, you could be making money doing something that totally lights you up and your world absolutely needs. Let's get to work inside from purpose to profit. Yeltrush.com forward slash profit. I will be back here Friday to answer your questions on money, business, trust, kids, marriage, and everything in between. It's not too late to send those in. Yael at yaeltrush.com. I will see you then. Have a great week.